The artist we've chosen this week was born in 1984 into a musical family. Instruments were commonplace around the house, and when their father realised they were serious about performing, he became their agent and manager, pushing them to follow their dreams. Success came at an early age. They landed supporting roles in TV shows while still in high school, and later had their own reality TV show on MTV. But music was their real passion. They began writing in earnest, preparing demos and working on their songwriting, partnering with hit songwriters like Cara Diaguardi to write fiery pop-punk tracks for an upcoming album. By 2005, their star was on the rise, and they even performed at a football halftime show in front of 80,000 screaming fans. It was all a lead-up to the release of a 2005 album, which would go on to be certified platinum in their home country. As it turns out, I'm describing the careers of both the Veronicas and Ashley Simpson, who released their albums The Secret Life Of and I Am Me just one day apart in October 2005. The main difference in those stories being that unlike the Veronicas, Ashley Simpson was summarily booed off stage when she performed at the Orange Bowl halftime show. Just what did Ashley Simpson do to draw the ire of 80,000 people? How many emo phases did the Veronicas inspire with their debut album? And where does Lindsay Lohan fit into all of this? We're going to find out. Welcome to When Albums Collide. Welcome to the When Albums Collide podcast. Judd Boaz with you, joined as ever with my co-host Pedro Duran. Pedro, how's things? Good, Judd. I am good. How are you this morning? I'm doing quite well. Lockdown has eased, as you, as you very well know. Um, democracy manifest in the US. It's all, it's all kicking off this week, but it's not even the most exciting thing that happened to us this week. This week, we listened to the Veronicas and Ashley Simpson, Pedro. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. And, you know, I would say this music is prime teenage girl music. Unfortunately, neither of us have ever been teenage girls, which is why I thought we should bring someone on with a little bit more experience in that arena. Mm. Now, you may have heard her on The Breakfast Show on Hit Gippsland, or you may have seen her wonderful travel vlog, Travelling Z World. We're joined by the uber-talented Zoe Scudder. Zoe! What's going on? Hello. Look, I wouldn't uh, say it's much of a travel blog at this stage, and it wasn't. There's not much talent going on here, but I was a teenage girl at one stage, so at least I qualify somewhat. One out of three. That's not bad. I have a pretty good hit rate. (laughs) Zoe, um, so let's talk a little bit about it. What is your experience with the Veronicas, and what's your experience with Ashley Simpson? Well, when you guys asked me to come on the podcast and you mentioned the Veronicas, the secret life of, you really got me just right there because the secret life of was one of my first albums that I ever owned. So I was about 10 when this came out. So I was super young. I was preteen at this stage. Uh, but it was an album that was rolling around in my mum's car. You know how you used to have to have CDs that you put in the car to make the music go on? Yeah. yeah. So it was one of those. And it was one of those CDs, like she only had like three in the car and this was one of them. So I have heard this album played front to back, I would say more than just about anyone else in the world. It's played a lot. It's ingrained into your skull, this album. Oh, seriously. When I went back and listened to it this last week, I was like, oh my God, like I actually know like all the lyrics to these songs. This is, you know, when you go back and you don't realize the pointless crap that you're storing in your brain 
and it's just Veronica's lyrics for me. And then you looked so, in the mirror and you, you asked, why have I been crying for the past 30 minutes? <laughs> exactly right. Like, no wonder I was such an emotional teenager. <laughs> this, this is what started it off. Uh, what about I Am Me by Ashley Simpson? Had you ever heard this album before? Did you know anything about it? No, I mean, I'd heard some tracks off the album, but I'd never listened to it from uh, start to finish. Uh, there's some tracks on there as well that are absolute bangers and icons and I certainly had on my playlist back on the day, back in the day. But, I mean, it, it didn't have that special spot in my heart like the Veronicas did back in 2005. Now, Pedro, I imagine this might be quite the opposite from you because you're not from our shores. You're from this far-off land called Florida where I assume the Veronicas don't exist. Yeah, uh, I've never listened to um, any of their albums uh, until this week. But what about Ashley Simpson? Well, oh yeah, well, Ashley Simpson, especially in the early 2000s, she was, you know, I guess sort of big because her obviously her big sister, Jessica Simpson, was massive. She had a song. She had that massive reality show with her then husband, Nick Lachey. So um, it's just natural that since you are the sibling of a celebrity, then you should be a celebrity as well. I think that's um, I think it's in the Constitution of the United States at this point. Um, she just came out with that song, uh, Pieces of Me, which I actually like. I think it's a nice little pop song. Uh, she continues to put out music. And then obviously the big controversy was when she performed on Saturday Night Live and she got caught not singing the, the actual song lip syncing. And there was a whole big fallout with that. I guess she addresses some of that stuff on this album. So that's what how I'm familiar with her. I mean, it is the big thing. October 2004, apparently she's ill, whether it's whether it's true or not, but she couldn't sing. <laughs> and so she used a backing track, but they played the wrong track. So she started, she launched into a song that wasn't the song, making it very obvious. And then every Tonight Show and The Late Show made fun of her for like 15 months right. ahead. So we're one year on from that. She started writing the album straight away um, in about February to April 2005. She just got back in the studio after a tour. She had all this energy and she wanted to pour her soul out into another album. It is hard for me to feel bad for her for this incident because you should be singing live. I mean, I just, you just should be. And she had her foot in the door with showbiz, as you mentioned, her sister. Uh, she was a backup dancer for Jessica Simpson, and then she gets cast on Seventh Heaven, which is an awful TV show, by the way. On the WB Monday, check out Seventh Heaven's Ashley Simpson. Your family is like family to me. She's Jessica Simpson's little sister. Surprise! Teen People says, watch out. This young star will be big in 2004. Seventh Heaven. lamest show ever yeah well you know about the guy too the father in that show oh uh, don't say something that's gonna make me sad do you know about that guy no I what think happened i've heard about that guy yeah he's a mad pedo <laughs> oh. yeah i thought that was the case yeah it's like a christian tv exactly show too, so that's the big uh... irony of it yeah he got caught with some uh some material that he shouldn't have been caught with an ashley simpson album <laughs> <laughs> she gets her own reality TV show, and this is all before she turns 20. So actually, both uh, the twins and Ashley Simpson, quite very young at this stage, I think they're 20, 21 when this album's come out, she's very young to have all that controversy dumped upon her, but hey, she's rich and famous, whatever. As for the twins, Lisa and Jess Origliasso, am I saying that right? Probably not. 
Um, they get scouted uh, and funded by Multiplay Music Australia to go on a worldwide songwriting trip. So they go to Britain and Sweden and Canada and the US and they collaborate with all these different songwriters across the world and manage to build up a catalogue of 50 songs which they whittle down to their debut album here. And interesting thing, they ended up settling on the Veronicas, which is a reference to the movie Heathers. Greetings and salutations. You a Heather? No. I'm a Veronica. Unfortunately, there's a comic series called Archie Comics, and then later Riverdale, where there's a character in those comics called Veronica Lodge, and so Archie Comics launched legal action against the twins um, in order to get them to stop using their name, and they ordered them to pay 200 million US dollars in damages to Archie Comics. Look, I, I'm sorry to both Jess and Lisa when I say this. The Veronicas are not worth 200 million US dollars. They have never <laughs> been worth that much money. No, no fucking way. I thought the same thing. When I read about that, I was like, okay, for starters, that's a bit of a stretch really, isn't it, to be able to sue them for naming them the Veronicas. I, they didn't even – they didn't think about the Archie Comets whatsoever – when coming up with the name. Yeah, because they weren't born in the 50s, you know? It just. It's exactly. So like, silly. if anything, can't the Heathers be suing them? Bit of a stretch. Mm. And they were actually meant to tour with Ashley Simpson during her 2006 US summer tour. They're supposed to open for her, but had to pull out after Lisa became ill with throat nodules and needed surgery. Anyway, that's all the background. That's all the scar. Shall we dive into these albums? Let's break them down track by track. Kicking things off on the Veronica's The Secret Life of Us forever. This is a big track. This is written by Max Martin, an alleged sex offender, Dr. Luke, who's a notoriously good guy. Obviously, this is just one they had in the can, and they were just waiting until the right group came along that they could give it to them. So I don't think Jess and Lisa had as much input on this one, but it is a stone-cold banger forever. What do you think, Zoe? Uh, the iconic electric guitar at the start. Like, you could hear that and you would 100% know exactly where it came from. It's survived the test of time. Like, when I was hosting on radio, we would still play it on air, you know, 15 years later. It's lasted and it's still a banger. I loved it. Pedro, I, this isn't, is this the first time you've heard Forever? Yeah, or um, heard yeah first time listening to this. Oh, I, my goodness. Yeah, I love the opening riff. Uh, the, the tone of their voices when they're singing, it, it comes off really well. Especially in the opening, I, I got some kind of, uh, I guess, uh, a retro rock type of vibe. The hook was dope. It's very, uh, very much like an anthem, uh, which I thought contributes to the song's catchiness. And um, the song, like on the technical side, the song's uh, very well mixed. So this is like engineered in a lab by a greasy looking Swedish dude to be a hit, right? Because he wrote... <laughs> You know, he wrote "I Want It That Way" and "I Kissed a oh, Girl" the same one guy. more time. Max Martin, dude, he has probably four hundred number one hits. He yeah. has a lot of number one hits. I get a big smack off both this song and the next song of Kelly Clarkson. Did mm. you did you get like a mm-hmm. Kelly Clarkson vibe out of it? Because he wrote "Since You've Been Gone" as well. So he's. Just, I think this is like a B side of "Since You've Been Gone" that he's just chucked on these, you know, Australian Twins album. Super into it forever. And then you contrast it with the first song, which is also a banger on Ashley Simpson's I Am Me, Boyfriend. Now, I know this is a big song, but I had forgotten it existed. Like, I have zero recollection that this song exists. But the guitar line straight away at the start. (laughs) 
watch your bands. Again, kill, two killer guitar lines. Mm-hmm. I think it starts like they both start so strong out of the gates, which is classic for this, you know, early 2000s. They put the strongest tracks at the start of the album and then kind of move into the more ballady stuff at the end. And yeah. I love Boyfriend is definitely my favourite song on the album and I know it was like the most popular and everything but it's just such a banger and it had so much sass because of all the drama with Lilo at the time and stealing Lindsay's boyfriend and yeah. it was like a massive clap back to that and I, I feel like that also helped it get off the ground a bit. This song, written by Ashley Simpson, directed at Lindsay Lohan where she sings she didn't steal her then-boyfriend Wilma Valderrama or Fez from that. 70s show. Right. Have I dated this episode enough? It is so 2005 at hurts. Yeah. It's super 2005 and I love it for that. I love the Lindsay Lohan involvement in some way in this album. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, it, it, it is funny to listen to this and I was like, oh yeah, this was on the radio uh, a bunch of times because I totally forgot about, about this song and there, there's one song, we'll get into it, it's further in the album, that I thought was actually the first single Judd, as you know, every time we do uh, an episode, I tend to watch uh, the music videos to uh, re-familiar myself with it. And um, um, this music video, it's funny because it's because I think on her prior album, Autobiography, she was more of this kind of girl next door image. And in this one, she tries to go more of that punk girl rocker type of vibe and in the video it's all that she's driving away from like the cops or something or she's in a car chase and she's all you know darker clothes and things and things like that the video actually won the award for best pop video at the mtv australian music video awards in my goodness 2006 but (laughs) what a high honor yeah (laughs) but yeah it's it's a it's a it's a fun song it's it's all right i was i wanted to ask zoe though have you ever been in this uh position has any female ever accused you of stealing her boyfriend no i don't think so i I mean, I wish I could have been in that position just so I could have made a track like this off it. And uh, it's obviously gone fairly well for her. But no, not me. I mean, fortunately, I suppose. Yeah. Judd? Yeah. Same question. Um, Nicole Richie actually accused me of stealing Topher Grace, her then boyfriend from her. And I wrote a song called Girlfriend. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. It all fits (laughs) in. So this is 2005. And I think think it's fair to say both of these artists, Veronica's and Ashley Simpson, owe a heavy debt to Avril Lavigne, which would have come out a couple of years before this but the whole like punk girl power revival yeah veronica's especially in the video for forever very scene girl they got like jet black yes. hair with blonde streaks they got like pocket chains they got those weird things they're like sleeves that you wear just the sleeves and they're like stripy oh yeah and you have the fishnet ones as well like you could get fishnet sleeves i was i was this chick you know that- that's what i was exactly <laughs> what i was like zoe if you can be honest with us did you have an emo pop punk phase oh my god so much and it, i do remember having the veronica's posters on my wall with the avril lavigne posters you know all those uh the black and white checker with the pink kind of overtones and stuff mm. like that. I totally agree. They owe a lot to Avril Lavigne's Kelly Clarkson. Even when Rogue Traders kind of came into that, it was a little bit similar to that as Do well. Do not that- give Natalie Bassingthwaite any credit for this. She deserves <laughs> no credit. It's in this. I feel like it was in that sort of like punky space and. At this time in my life where I wore everything that was black and I was, I feel like everyone goes through that goth emo phase Mm. during this time and 
yeah, these guys certainly kicked that along for me. <laughs> the next song on Ashley Simpson's album, In Another Life, a cute romantic song about when you meet a guy and it's kind of like he knows everything about you before you really get to know him <laughs> and you feel comfortable with him right away and he makes you feel beautiful. <laughs> so that, and that's in Ashley Simpson's words, not mine. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of In Another Life? Well, I forgot this song existed until I listened to it and I was like, damn, I remember listening to this on a Walkman back in the day. And I feel like it does play in the same kind of space as the Veronica's second track as well on the album, Everything I'm Not. It's, you kind of come off the back of this super powerful boyfriend and then this is something a little bit more emotional and it's just Mm -hmm. like super cheesy emotional. It's a bit cringe. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that how she describes it as you meet a guy, he knows everything about you before you really know him. And think about it nowadays and how much like access we have to people online. I don't think that sounds very romantic at all. Like imagine meeting <laughs> someone and just like, oh, I know that. Oh, well, how do you? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know where you went to school. I know everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess the subject matter of the song is about a, a relationship that's super comfortable. Um, in this song, I think her voice really comp- is complimented by the guitar, particularly in the hook. It's not bad. It could have been another single off the album. And it's a, it's a nice second song for uh, particularly right after uh, Boyfriend. Okay, I want to say the first three songs on that Veronica's album, to this day, 15 years later, still straight fire. You can say what you want about the rest of the album, and trust me, I will. Started with Forever, and then Everything I'm Not, huge, big stank of Kelly Clarkson all over this one, because again, written by Max Martin and Dr. Luke, and this is a banger, man. They, it has the, like, mm-hmm. they, they do it real soft, and then they go real loud in the chorus, which is a recurring theme on both these albums. Right. Very stylistic. Oh, just when that chorus kicks in, man. I was losing myself to somebody. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah, I thought the same. Mega Kelly Clarkson vibes. So it's my favorite on the album. And I added it back onto my playlist since listening to this. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot how amazing this song is. I love it. It's, you know, super super poppy, super 2005, super emotional tweens. You know, this is when they get really into it and there's like – yeah, when they're going, I was losing myself and like pouring all that emotion in. And I just imagine, you know, 10-year-old me doing that. I was like, oh, my God. Yes, that takes me back. I loved it. <laughs> I Definitely my favorite on both the albums, to be honest, everything I'm not. Mm. You both love this track and are in love with this track. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I, I did really, really like this, this track as well. It's interesting because I said at the top of the show, I've never listened to any of their music so going in i was kind of like okay what am i getting myself into so far so good uh, you know second song in i can hear that the the kelly clarkson vibe for sure now that you've gave that wonderful rendition judd <laughs> <laughs> what it's a song about just you know your partner or the partner they're talking about um they have a controlling attitude and they don't like them for any you know who they really are and things like that it's a good message for for all the teen girls that you should just just be yourself one thing i would say because like i said i was watching these music videos the only fault i'll give them is that in the music video it's them and their text they're basically live streaming to i guess the, the the cheater in the video and they're destroying his car and they're live streaming but the thing is the guy in the video has a flip phone and the whole time it just brought me out of it because i was like there's no way he's live streaming or see you can see a live <laughs> video on a, on a razor flip phone <laughs> much like famously kelly Rowland, yeah sending a text message oh, in an excel spreadsheet oh, dilemma exactly what i thought 
So, but hey, it was 2005. It was the world was a different place back then. Yeah, anything was possible. You could what you could live stream in 1080p on a Motorola Razor. Yeah, <laughs> and then third song, another banger, and I mean banger, big tune, co-written with Billy Steinberg, who actually wrote "Like a Virgin" for Madonna mm. and "True Colors" for Cyndi Lauper. So he has bangers mm. to his name. When it all falls apart, another like bit of a sad girl one. I, yeah, it's a great song. I really like this one as well. I think, yeah, I absolutely ag- agree with you, Judd. The first three are my faves on here. I actually got a bit of – when you notice in this song, first off, you know how when they sing together they always – they almost sound put on and it sounds fake and auto-tune-y because yeah. they are so in sync hitting that note together. It It sounds like early Britney Spears when she has that – you know, that kind of fake sound about it. And I really like in this one where they're uh, singing those little echo lines over the top of uh, one another. I don't like it so much when they do it in the next track, but I, I think it works here. Yeah, you're absolutely right, uh, right, Zoe. That's what I put in my notes. I like the harmonizing in this song. And um, I, I, I just thought I attribute it to the fact that they are twins. They probably mm. know each other the best. They know each other super well. And um, obviously they perform together so they probably figure out you know in during jam sessions how to uh, complement each other's voices did anyone see that this song was actually recorded in slim simlish simlish and put in the sims 2 game <laughs> yeah i saw that oh what Some of these songs pop up where I wouldn't expect it because I don't think the Veronica's are that big globally. And I don't want to offend you, Zoe, but sometimes we have to face facts. Like Forever was in She's the Man. I have no recollection of that as well. I remembered it because um, I remember Revolution being in a Sydney White film, uh, the next, the fourth track on their album. And that made Is me that think. Is that the like, high school or uni one where it's like a retelling of Snow White? Uh, it's the Amanda Bynes. It's another Amanda Bynes movie, Sydney White, where she's like, I think this is the one where she's like, Dressing up to be the guy? No, that's she's the man. That's she, no, I think S- Sydney White is like there's like seven dwarves, but they're just seven like nerds at uni or something. That's it. That's it. Yep, yep, yep. All those Amanda Bynes uh, movies. Much Lost to time, like tears in the rain. <laughs> I totally forgot they existed. Yeah, and I was like so impressed. I was like, wow, two Aussie girls like making it big on their debut album in the US on US movies. Like they must have seen something because Max Martin and Dr. Luke, like they could give these songs to to my mum and she would have a straight banger. Some of these songs are just beautifully written and produced songs, but they must have seen something in the Veronicas that these girls had talent to warrant giving them these songs, right? Yeah, I think so for sure. I know as well when the Veronicas were like coming together that they didn't well, I mean, they have a lot of vocal talent and they do write their own music as well. So I think that gives them a little bit more substance mm-hmm. in a way, as opposed to your Ashley Simpsons, where there's a few of these kind of people around at the time that really were kind of thrust into the limelight thanks to, you know, your early reality TV shows and you were just trying to make it work because... Although, did the Veronicas eventually have a TV show as well? I feel like that could have been a thing. I think it could have been a thing. We'll get on our producers on it. <laughs> Next track beautifully broken ashley simpson this is your bread and butter pop punk introspective song 
like the Veronicas have a song later on called Heavily Broken as well because mm. it's really deep, you know, to be broken, just like my heart. Mm. <laughs> I think this song is better than Heavily Broken on the Veronicas album. Um, and honestly, musically, it's pretty good. This is the first of two songs that she would write about the SNL incident and how oh, she just felt so broken afterwards. <laughs> Um, this is, yeah, it didn't do it for me, but musically it's all right. I get some, I don't know, I feel there was a little bit of, it reminded me of Taylor Swift, like OG, OG Taylor Swift, the sound of it, but I totally agree. I couldn't take it seriously once I realised it was from the SNL incident. I mean, it just, (laughs) to be writing a song about that, it just makes me think of the video, which is the biggest lol of all time. It's still funny. So when I'm thinking of that video and a song that she's written about it, I can't take the song seriously at all. I agree with you, Joe. It's just, it's just fine. It's kind of like a whatever song. Yeah, I didn't get any impression that she was talking about specifically her little SNL scandal thing. What I did notice is compared to the Veronica's albums, uh, Ashley Simpson's album slows down a lot quicker than the Veronica's. Like they're already were kind of slowing down the track. We're doing a little bit of a ballad kind of thing earlier on where I think where the Veronica's, it's almost like half upbeat kind of rocker kind of tunes. And then towards the end, it, it slows down and there's some more kind of uh, personal tracks, even with something like Mother Mother and things like that. But yeah, I saw Ashley said that, you know, quote this song is is kind of about when you're in bed and you're crying and you don't want to get up the next day totally related to that because that's how i wake up every morning so (laughs) (laughs) joyous and she she pulls it back she pulls it right back with her next single l-o-v-e we have another banger on our hands folks i'm sorry i'm sorry to say it it is a straight bang and i remember this one very ugly i thought this was the single off the album and i remember the video clip because it's like a house party yeah and you know I would have been like 11 or 12 at this time, so I didn't really go to house parties, and I wouldn't uh, for the next 15 years either. But I assume this is what adults did at house parties. I'm like, okay, house parties are like when everyone's on their flip phones, like she is in in the video, and then there's a professional breakdancer doing tricks in the middle of the living room, (laughs) and then we all do the robot together in sync. That's what a house party looks like. As it turns out, people just sort of stand around drinking and talking about their problems. Um, But the song itself is fantastic, I thought. Very catchy. Super catchy. And yeah, I thought, it was this a single as well of this album? Because if it wasn't, it should have been big. It definitely was big. It's a bit of a shameless knockoff of, you know, Gwen Stefani's uh, Bananas, you know, the, the classic cheerleader spelling Spelling out the letters of a song kind of thing. Like you can't patent spelling as a as a song device. It just reminds me of it. I mean, it just it just goes there for me. But um no, it is a banger and I love it. I still listen to it now. You know, I shamelessly as well uh listen to a lot of early two thousands music and this is something that is still relevant in my life. This <laughs> just take me back. Yeah, yeah, I love I I like this song uh very much as well. And I used to have it back on my uh early two thousands personal playlist. Um yeah I thought the same thing. I thought this was the first single. Um I think actually maybe it could have been the fourth if um if uh if I'm not wrong. Um I like the hook. I like the the repetitiveness of the hook because it it, 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 it makes it super catchy. Um, the only thing is just that the verses are kind of lame to me. It's like she's she's putting on an attitude of, and I know because she's trying to be like a little more hardcore or punker and uh, on this album. So um, 
so I get it, but I just don't necessarily buy it all the time. I was super confused for because for a long time the song is called L O V E, so I thought it was about like a relationship or something like that. But it's actually about like almost like girl power, right? Because the, the 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 subject of the song is that she's hanging out with the girls. She's like her boyfriend's out, but he's not calling me on the telephone or whatever. And um, <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, thank you. And um, you know, she's just it's just girls' night and, and, and all that. That always confused me because I thought it was just the other way. I thought she was just talking about a guy or something. But um, speaking about uh, the video, Judd. It's funny that you're saying people on their flip phones and dancing and doing backflips. Also in the video, like in house parties, and I'm pretty sure uh, this doesn't happen, that people don't walk in with walking canes in the middle <laughs> of the dance floor like she does uh, in the music video. Uh, no, no, but it's, hey, it's a girl power anthem. She can do whatever she wants, That's man. That's true, yeah. Um, and I've always said Ashley Simpson is one of the foremost feminist uh, icons of the 21st century, so you know I've said that, <laughs> Yes, that's I, I, you constantly say it all the time. We're past, we're through the barricades here, folks. We're through the looking glass because we're getting to the fourth song on The Secret Life of Us, Veronica. Because we are in uncharted territory, my friends. Abandon hope, all ye who enter. I don't know any of these songs. So, you're going to be our guide through this mystical journey, Zoe. Straight away, Revolution comes on, and I'm like, what the hell? Why are the Veronicas suddenly Australian when they're singing? (gasps) Right, that is exactly what I thought. At at this point, it is, you know, classic American teen kind of stuff, and then I'm like, damn, that Australian twang is real, isn't it? So obviously you can tell, oh, we've got different songwriters here, and then later on, for most of the rest of the album, Jess and Lisa are writing songs or have songwriting credits. Mm -hmm. So they're going to, when they're writing, they're going to write words that rhyme in their head, Whereas a Swedish person writing words that rhyme is going to do it in like an American way. Uh, it's just really weird because you just had three big songs where they could have been American or British or Canadian. So how do we feel about the Aussie accent in music? You, like, you have the extremes, right? Like on one extreme, you have like the Smith Street Band. And I'm in love with you and a tiny bed in the upstairs front room of a rundown terrace house. Uh, which is so fucking Aussie that it's painful to listen to. And then you have someone like Iggy Azalea, where if you just put it on, you like you wouldn't know she's Australian because right. she's so Americanized. Pedro, Zoe, where do we where do we fall on this? As someone who is obviously a massive bargain in. <laughs> I was like, thank God that there's people like the Veronica's in the world because when you sound like, as you know, when you sound like a bogan, you're talking and then you start singing, you put on this stupid fake American accent. I don't have to do that with this song. <laughs> it sounds so Aussie. I really like the different places that they go in this song as well. The Veronica's album, it, it sounds, each song kind of gives a little bit, it is something different. And in within this song, there's different sounds as well. Like, I don't know how to really pop it into words, but they go to different places within the song. For example, the end of the second verse, they like drop it back before building into this next chorus. And I really love it. And it's just a bit of variety, whereas Ashley Simpson, it's all very same, same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't mind the 
the Aussie accent. I mean, I listen to a lot of um, Aussie hip hop, Seth Century, for instance. And you really shouldn't. You really. Why? Shouldn't. It's good. I mean, <laughs> it, like, no. The thing about it, well, if it, if it's if it's with any type of artist, if it's um, true to the ex- their experiences and who they are, then it's fine. That's why I think Iggy Azalea gets a lot of uh, flack because um, she puts on a very heavy American accent, and not even just American accent, very heavy uh, Southern african-american accent and then you know you you look at her and then you find out she's from new south wales people are going to be like yo what the fuck are you are you actually doing so yeah i think she's from like mullumbimby or something yeah something something crazy like that so um no i thought it was fine and and this is the first track well yeah this is the track that i noticed it because i think when they're saying like against they pronounce they were saying against or you know they pronounce it (laughs) I, i had to listen to it a couple times and i was like oh oh yeah they are australian they're from they're from Brisbane, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bris yeah, Vegas. Bris- okay, yeah, Bris Vegas. Yeah. You know, I thought it, I thought it was dope. I don't I don't really mind it at all. Uh, we're gonna take a pause for the cause. We will be back with more when albums collide. G'day. How's it going? Nice to meet you. I'm Stu. I'm Chris. I'm Dave. And we're the Pool Boys. We're the hosts of Pool Boys Recommend. Recommend. It's a podcast where we suggest stuff to each other. We do it and then we review it. You remember like show and tell at school? It's kind of like that, but this week I had a mental breakdown. (laughs) You're a music lover, Stu, okay? I am, yes. What is this going to be? And so I want you to listen to B-52's seminal classic Love Shack 100 times. Uh, One. Oh my god. You know, it's just when you're going to sleep, when you're having a shower. 100 times. 100 times. You can start playing it now, maybe. Oh my god. You, you have you're only yourself to blame if next episode I come back on the air and I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? Here's another cheeky little clip for you. Oh, this podcast is great. That was a dramatization of you enjoying the podcast in the future. When you check out Pool Boys Recommend. Find us on Spotify and Stitcher and Google Podcasts. Podcasts, Even our own website. You know where to get podcasts. Come on. Come on. You're listening to one now. Welcome back to When Albums Collide. We're joined by the fabulous Zoe Scudder to discuss the Veronicas and Ashley Simpson, The Secret Life of Us, and I Am Me, released one day apart in October 2005. The next song on Veronica's album, Secret. This is... I've, can I just read the paragraph I have written for this for Secret? Yes. Is this Scar? I think I'm listening to Scar right now. Why am I listening to Scar? Oh, no, wait. It's like a, it's like a rap song now? No, it, it's like a country song now? What the fuck? This song is... All over the place, stylistically. It's a song about a guy that's into her, but she thought he was gay, so she'd get in, undressed in front of him and tell him secrets, but now it's weird because he's, he's straight. <laughs> Look, there's a lot to unpack on this song. Um, who wants to take a crack at this one? <laughs> My favourite part of this whole song is the bit at the end where it's just sexy grunting for, like, a long <laughs> period of time. It's too long. <laughs> Oh, it's a bit, it is all over the place. <laughs> it's a bit of a joke, really, isn't it? Like, I feel like that you can, it's sense of humour. That's how I took this 
this whole track was the fact that the girls obviously have a sense of humor because it is all over the place and it's it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit uh, schizophrenic because it, I, when the opening sounds like a country song, I was like, oh, okay, so we're doing this, and then it just speeds up and it's almost like semi-rap, pop rock, and, and all these things. Um, on the positive, I would say that it does give the album a little, a lot more variety that can be found on uh, uh, Ashley Simpson's album. Yeah, there's more variety in these like two and a half minutes than the entirety of the 40 minutes of Ashley Simpson's <laughs> album. So that's something. Very true. And then the next song, Mouth Shut. And this is the second song co-written with Toby Gad, who would go on to write If I Were a Boy, Beyonce, uh, All of Me, John Legend, and the Australian national anthem, Untouched. <laughs> I'm not minding this at all because of all the cooks in the kitchen like jess and lisa are still co-writing on every track so they're keeping it sort of straight and narrow um and so it doesn't sound too frenetic i guess is what i'd say it's almost the opposite problem on ashley simpson's album where cara diaguardi we'll talk about her later uh john shanks and ashley simpson the three of them wrote every single song so there's no spice there's no difference at all so you just have samey samey at least the Veronicas have a bit of variety, is what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. So I'm just going to compare this to the next two songs in Ashley Simpson, Coming Back for More, Dancing Alone, fine little ditties that'll get you from point A to point B. Mm. But why was this album successful? Like, I'm shocked. This I Am Me by Ashley Simpson sold a million copies. That's fucking wild. I don't get it. They're all the same, aren't they? They're every single thing. After, like, the first couple of songs, it all sounds the same. You could be just listening to one 40-minute song. Like, why did this resonate despite repeated attempts by the Veronicas to break into the US because they'd re-release tracks, they'd re-release Forever in 2007 and then re-release it in 2009, just trying to make it a hit in the US. And they got Max Martin, they got the the talent, they got the look. Why Why could they never break it into the US? Is it just that Ashley Simpson was on TV, she had controversy, she had the last name. Is that why she was, you know, why she made it big over the Veronicas? A hundred percent. I think that's why. I think that still happens now. As long as you have a public profile, you will do better. And because the Veronicas were two Australian girls, we don't have that level of profile available, I suppose, to us out here. Whereas she was able to be, you know, mighty successful just being a cookie cutter, you know, punk pop, thing that was kind of squished into a bit of a box you know it I don't know it it didn't I think the Veronicas deserved this a lot more than Ashley Simpson did (laughs) yeah also I think you have to take in consideration uh nepotism I mean she's Jessica Simpson's little sister so with that you know she kind of has a leg up because she already has a brand in the same sense that you know every I think every three months we get a new Kardashian that quote-unquote has built they just appear yeah they they're like gremlins you get them wet and they just multiply so (laughs) that's why you shouldn't feed them after midnight as well but what i mean is you know uh the kardashians get this reputation of oh they they built an empire all by themselves but it's like well not really they they've also had a million dollars you know in petty cash lying around to to start with yeah to start with whereas the veronica's they're they're a new group they're a new band and any new artists is going to be a lot more difficult um, for them to break through, especially if they're not like based down in Hollywood or, you know, California or New York. They're not even based in fucking Melbourne or Sydney. They're based in Brisbane. For, for, and like their first manager was their dad and he shopped them around to different people. You know, they're, they're real grassroots. So the fact that they went platinum in Australia and did so well is, is a credit to them. Uh, their next song, 
is it Leave Me Alone? I'm really into the chorus here. The call, the response, huge vibes. For me, I Leave Me Alone is a really good song. It's another relationship song, but honestly, what else are they going to sing about? They're like 20 years old at this point. They don't have any problems. Mm. Funnily enough, before we get to Leave Me Alone, and we will get to it, there's this website I looked up called Common Sense Media, where parents and teachers can post reviews on bits of media to let you know, other parents know if the album is safe, quote-unquote, or not. Uh, would you like to hear how they describe The Secret Life of Us? Please. Yeah. So the website says, Parents need to know that there is just a bit of teasy sexual innuendo on this CD. It also has a, in brackets, mild girl power message, as if that's a warning you need to have. Uh, and this review was written by a parent. Uh, his username is parent of a nine-year-old in 2010. <laughs> This CD was in 2006. Very poppy sound. They weren't real positive then and have since gone seriously south. Word of caution to any parents thinking of allowing their kids to entertain their music, the sex is suggestive, as in boy-girl and girl-girl, etc. Two stars. Oh, God, no. Anything but... And, well, I had to look it up, so I was thinking, well, shit, why don't I look up Ashley Simpson's album and see the reviews there? Ashley Simpson's album is described by the site as self-absorption set to music. Wow. This review was written in 2008 by a username Rob. <laughs> the review reads, quote, Zero talent. This CD was well mixed. That's it. Ashley Simpson is absolute crap. This CD confirms that she has no talent, which people questioned after her performance on SNL. One star. So... Which of these two artists are better role models for young, impressionable teenage girls, do you think? Oh, the Veronica's for sure. For sure? For sure, 100%. Well, I mean, my mum obviously thought so because she kept that bloody album rolling around (laughs) all the time. Uh, But, I mean, I suppose for Ashley Simpson as well, it's a bit hard to avoid that, you know, trashy TMZ drama considering the Jessica Simpson and, you know, the Lindsay Lohans around her and stuff like that. But the Veronica's... I mean, uh, as much as they don't keep that kind of, you know, innocent little image, being sisters as well, I think, you know, knocks it back a notch. I don't know. They're more PC. PG. Well, I'll say the Veronica's just because they seem, I mean, they actually play their own instruments, don't they? Compared to Ashley Simpson, who uh, we have it on tape. She doesn't even sing her own songs at times. So (laughs) we have the footage. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I'll give it to the Veronica's on, on on that point alone. Uh, and what about the song "Leave Me Alone"? Um, yeah, it was fine. I, I thought you know the bridge was was interesting because it, it, there's like a lot of distortion on there, and I was like, "Wow, that was kind of in left field when it came on." But actually, listening to the song again and again, that distortion or that sound is really actually embedded into the whole song. It's just that uh, it, they really just focus on it on the bridge. But um, that song, that song was fine. Um, at this point, this is where um, the Veronica's album. Um, I've noticed that the the album starts slowing down. They start uh, doing different type of tracks. Like the next track, Speechless. Mm-hmm. It's your nice down-tempo acoustic number. You're getting the lighters out. You're having a slow dance with your miso when it comes on at the bolo. <laughs> and, and contrast this to Ashley Simpson's bolo slow dance song, which is Catch Me When I Fall, the second song about her SNL incident. Honestly, thank God that happened, or she'd be two songs short on the album. <laughs> and it's already only like 39 minutes, so she'd be struggling if she didn't have that horrible, horrible thing happen to her. And Catch Me When I Fall, it was fine. Uh, what do you think of the slower songs here? I mean, it was all right. Catch Me When I Fall. I I think this would have been just a meme, really, if this happened <laughs> in 2020, wouldn't it? Like yeah. you would have seen that, you know, awkward little dancing and then the Catch Me When I Fall song playing over the back. It's very, 
again, I can't take any songs written about that Saturday Night Live thing seriously. It just makes me think of the little hoedown. The Veronica's speechless. I mean, it gets, it is that softer, more ballady type area now, which I like them playing in a more up-tempo kind of area, but it does give them the opportunity to show a bit more vocal talent here, which I thought is nice as well. You can see that they are much more talented artists than Ashley Simpson. So, so at this point, and I don't want to offend anyone, so we, <clears throat> um, but like I could get used to this. Fuck, first of all, the keyboards in this suck really hard. And it was just real album filler, which is concerning because they apparently wrote 50 songs on this like worldwide songwriting tour, right? And this made the top 12. Like, if that's the case, I do not want to hear the other 38 because I could get used to this. For me, maybe the worst song on the album. Yeah, I don't rate it at all. Um, this, I, yeah, it's not great. It's a little synthy kind of, it reminds you that you are still early 2000s, some of those like, yeah, synthy sounds that they put over it. It's not great. I mean, they do mix it up a little bit still. At least it's still a bit of different sounds throughout the album again, whereas Ashley's is not, but this is not their best song. And I, it would have 100% been one of the ones that I was skipping. Which is the same what I feel for the title track on Ashley Simpson's I Am Me. I don't hate it. But Jesus Christ, the amount of fatigue I was feeling after listening to the Veronicas and then this back to back, this is the prototypical pop punk song from 2005. Like, beat for beat, what does it start with? That single, like, guitar riff, like, doom. And then it goes into Ashley sort of whisper singing. What she got that I don't have? Does she fill those spaces that I left you? And then there's a loud, triumphant, since you've been gone chorus. Yeah. And then back to the whisper singing, and then another chorus, and then, you know what, fuck it. Let's finish it off with some whoa-ohs, whoa, whoa. There, you put that together, congratulations, you just sold a million albums. Mm. Um, it's just... Ah, very paint by the numbers, you know? I think with I Am Me, it's like the whole sentiment of this album. Like she's wanting in this album to get away from the image that she had that was more fun and cheery. And now she's going into this more, you know, gothic, I Am Me, get away, like trying to disassociate herself from the Jessica Simpson thing, become her own person, which I think is also a bit ridiculous considering her sister and her family is the reason that she has the fame and success that she does. That's all I really thought about this one. So you you didn't think very much about it. No, no, I was, (laughs) it was struggle to get to the end of the album after this, you know, it is just so same, same at this point. And it's, you've got to the point where you've had three that are like very similar and it's like, all right, let's mix it up a bit, you know? I've identified a phenomenon while doing this podcast for 25 episodes or whatever with Pedro where we hit a wall. There's always a wall. And generally, it's after, like, the the big single. You hit a wall and you realise, oh, no, I have another nine songs to suffer through. <laughs> that was after L-O-V-E. That was, like, six songs ago. I'm already fading real fast. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Actually, um... I'll be honest with you guys on on this. I I actually fell asleep halfway through on the album. 
on this on this <laughs> album i had to take a nap and then i woke up and i was like okay let me finish listening to this ashley simpson album but in regards to i am me i mean it's an energetic song it's about you know the hurt and anger she has to her boyfriend being with another girl and stuff like that you know i am me i won't change for anyone and um i think you're right there judd with um like this was a trend very paint by numbers because to be honest with you the veronica's had a song like this on on their album as well and it's called everything i'm not you know i mean it's it, it's kind of the same subject matter they're talking to a partner and they're saying you know um basically what did that person have that i don't and i'm not going to change and this is just who i am and you should accept me for who i am um and things like that so there was only some of the, have you guys listened to these lyrics some of the lyrics didn't really make sense to me at all so for instance she goes like there's a weight of consequence drag you down until it pulls you under and then she goes pulls you under does she lend <laughs> an eager hand to save you from the future of being with her those are the lyrics and i was like i don't understand what this means exactly and maybe maybe it's just too uh too high art for me <laughs> it's too deep man yeah did you read the backstory on the next song, Eyes Wide Open? That um, she thought, um, she wrote it because she thought it was a ghost in her house or something like that? Yeah, so yeah. this is uh, from like Hollywood Reporter 2005, <clears throat> quote, Last December, Ashley Simpson bought a $4.7 million house in Beverly Hills, and the first thing she did when she was handed the keys was arrange for an exorcism or spiritual cleansing. She wanted any wandering spirits driven from the house before she occupied it. Apparently, Ashley was convinced the house in Studio City was haunted by a little girl who sometimes bounced a ball. And that's what this song is about. Eyes wide open, it's a ghost song. Zoe, do you, have a, do you have a take on it? Maybe a paranormal opinion? Uh, how relatable. How relatable. I often... <laughs> She's just like us, you know? You know when you go to your $4.7 million US house <laughs> and you think you get some sagebrush and you get an exorcist because um, it's haunted? Yeah, I really need to organize that, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's it just... It, it is a bit of a piss take at this point, isn't it? <laughs> like, but... Considering that story and also this Saturday Night Live stuff, it's like, oh, she needs some new subject matter to actually write legitimate music about. Like the song is, you know, I, I, I got nothing. Pedro, you got anything for it? Um, yeah, I, I saw that and I thought it was, yeah, it was super uh, ridiculous just to be like, I'm going to write a song. Because then even in the music, in the actual lyrics, there's nothing mentioning about ghosts or anything it's very vague right i mean what do you what do you want here ghostbusters well that'll be amazing ray parker let's bring him back (laughs) but yeah it would have been interesting i don't know she's because she says things like i feel the cold breath on my face some horseshit like that yeah i just i i just um i i I couldn't relate and i've had roommates that were some real you know ghouls and goblins themselves and uh uh i just i just uh i just thought it was a a bit of a whack song let's finish off both these albums veronica's nobody wins holy shit we have cross-pollination a contamination alert this song Mm -hmm. was written by cara diagardi who many people may know from american idol where she was a judge and she co-wrote all of the songs on ashley simpson's album we have official pollination between these two albums get that fucking u.s election off the telly we have our new front page story (laughs) right here uh what do we think of nobody wins Uh, well at least she only if it is cross-pollinating that she only took a small sample of ashley simpson's entire album that sounds exactly the same you know they've they've mixed it up a little bit i mean this 
I don't mind it. It's not one of my faves. They're not doing that thing in this track where they uh, sing in the same key as much. They they take different octaves. Is that what we? That's what we're calling mm-hmm. it. They. Sure. I mean, they're still singing at the same time, but it's not that. I feel like on the rest of this album, you hear them heaps at the same time singing the exact same note, and it gives it that kind of fake sound. But they're not doing it so much in this one. I think. Look, I don't know the input of how much Kara had an input on the song, but I think you're right in saying it's just a little bit, so they're just taking a little element, much like when you get a disease and you take a little bit to make a vaccine and you inject an album with a little bit of Ashley Simpson, but not too much, otherwise it'll kill the album. Hmm. So what I'm saying is Ashley Simpson is smallpox in this in this scenario, and this song is a little vaccination. It's a, like, it's a little bit different. As you said, the, the vocals are a little bit different, and it's written in a different way, which is it's good to just mix it up. Um, I thought this and the next song, the final track, are uh, good mixes. Yeah, uh, you're talking about Mother Mother, right? Yeah, Mother Mother. Yeah, I I, I did like Mother Mother. Uh, when Nobody Wins, I, I, I didn't have much on it because it just didn't leave that much of an impression on me, and I think it's because of those aforementioned reasons. But with Mother Mother... Um, um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I got a bit of like Alanis Morissette vibe. Yeah, I wrote that mm-hmm. exact fucking thing. Yep. Yeah. Basically, she's uh, telling her mother everything is great. And then, you know, as the song continues, she confesses. I mean, and in her own words, she says everything's fucked, which, hey, you know what? It's a little ironic, don't you think? <laughs> Boom. It's really funny you say that. <laughs> Alanis Morissette was the next song that came on. So, you know, when you're going through Spotify and you finish an album and it just like throws something else at you, that was the next artist that started playing after this. So there's obviously a very strong correlation there. It's very experimental sound for these guys to kind of just chuck on the end of this album here. Yeah, just testing the water, the dipping their toes into it maybe for yeah. the next album. Yeah, that's what I thought. Did you like it? I mean, it's, uh, I mean, very like way more hard rocky. And that's probably less of what I'm into. I'm more of a basic bitch, so I like the poppy sound. (laughs) Yeah, okay. But I do appreciate the changing it up a bit again. And they did want to be known as a rock band Mm. and, you know, a, a band as opposed to a pop duo. And I think adding things like this to the album sends them more in that direction. So how did you feel a couple of years later when they released a song like Take Me on the Floor? Did you feel betrayed? <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't, I honestly, after this album, I did get off the Veronica's train a bit. I feel like they really came strong out in this debut album and then it's just been a little bit blah since then for me. Mm. But... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as much of a Veronica's fan as I was for this album, which could be simply because I listened to this album so many freaking times that it just forced me to be a fan, and I haven't done that with any of their music since. Uh, I mean, I, I prefer the... I prefer where they were playing in this space to anything later on. Ashley Simpson finishes it up with Say Goodbye. It's like an 80s pop song, I guess. Mm. Um, and she would her later music, she'd try to do a more 80s sound, but this drum machine... You know, like nineteen eighty four called. They want its drum machine back. Um, it it's fine. It didn't do anything for me. By this point, I'm pretty much done with Ashley Simpson as a person, as an artist, as a human being. Jeez, as a human being. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a nice finisher for the album. It's just another ballad about a relationship that doesn't work out, and that's basically it. And it was just a nice way to to say goodbye. I see what you did there. 
What do you mean? <laughs> he said, it's a good way to say goodbye. It's the title of the song. Oh, I didn't even know I picked that up. So thank you. <laughs> I was so surprised to learn uh, that Ashley Simpson is was still touring as recently as 2019. Uh, so... I was like, what have you possibly come up with after listening to this? How have you how have you done this for another 10 years and how are you still performing? Zoe, can I interject? This brings up a question that I have for Judd. So we've done a bunch of albums. Um, for instance, like we're speak, just speaking about Alanis Morissette and uh, we did an album um, with Sheryl Crow and Judd, you've defined these musical genres as mom rock, correct? These albums came out what, in 2005. It's been 15 years. At this point, is this the new mom rock? Is this teen yes. mom rock at this yes. point? I mean, so I would say, all right, I'm going to list them. Pink, Gwen oh. Stefani, Avril Lavigne, the Veronicas. This is mom rock big time. Yeah. And then obviously Alanis Morissette, Sheryl Crow, Shania Twain, they'll become granny rock. That's how oh, gotcha. Um, Gilfs. Yeah, Gilf, Gilf rock. Um, this is... Absolutely prime mum rock for women of the age that are now starting to have children. Their their kids are going to be embarrassed by being driven to school and their mum is singing Untouched or singing Forever at the top of their lungs, for sure. (laughs) On that note, let's take it to the breakdown. Zoe, the task falls upon you to analyse both of these pretty successful albums. As I mentioned, Ashley Simpson went platinum in the US and the Veronicas went platinum in Australia. Why were both of these albums inexplicably successful? Ashley Simpson's album was successful for the same reason that all the Kardashian sisters have been successful. It's because of the association with her sister and the public profile she had. I think the Veronicas have been successful because they are really good artists. They have the vocal talent. They have the songwriting ability and they mix it up a little bit. And I think that's how they have been successful. You mentioned she's been touring as late as last year. She was touring. If I were to offer you a ticket at the ESPY for Ashley Simpson, would you go to an Ashley Simpson concert? Uh, Yeah, I'd go for the first five minutes uh, (laughs) while we heard the likes of Boyfriend, L-O-V-E, Pieces of Me, and Mm. then I would walk straight out. (laughs) You think she would open the concert with those? (laughs) Well, you'd hope. (laughs) And then my my second question is, how many people do you think were at these gigs last year? Oh, minimum. Minimal, minimal, surely. She's probably the only person that's like, oh, thank God for coronavirus because now we can't tour, which means that I don't have to publicly embarrass myself like In front of 15 people at a McDonald's car park or something. Yeah. (laughs) In the pub, you know, those classic, (laughs) the Helen pub where they all get those old school artists in and stuff like that. Whereas the Vornikers, they've really made a comeback the last couple of years. They've- They play it like- Revival. They play at like heavy metal festivals now. I don't know if you know this, Pedro, but they'll they'll do these songs, which are mm-hmm. very like pop punk teen songs, but then they'll have like major metalheads go to the shows and like run at each other in a wall of death or in a circle mosh pit. Uh, it's pretty funny. We'll well, look up the videos. Has their sound changed? You guys mentioned that they... N- uh, no, I think it's like an ironic thing. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, right. it's, yeah, I think it's an ironic thing coming from the other side as well because they've been playing it very uh, like Australian festival scenes. So they mm. were meant to be playing it Beyond the Valley and Groove in the Moo last year. And I think that is also a little bit of an ironic kind of 
come back there as well because as in the promoters are like doing it tongue in cheek like hey look we got the veronicas i think so because i'm i'm i know but with forever and stuff like that the people who are going to these festivals are your people that are into your aussie hip-hop and things like that so what are the veronicas doing there random pedro what's your verdict on both these albums yeah, I think uh, Zoe hit the nail on the head there as regard in regards to Ashley Simpson. I mean, she's Jessica Simpson's little sister, so she already has um, brand recognition. She has that. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone likes a comeback. So this is almost her quote-unquote comeback album after this infamous scandal uh, at SNL. I mean, it, to give her credit, uh, um, the two songs, Boyfriend and L-O-V-E, Art catchy tunes. We'll give her. I'll give her credit on that. So I think that's uh, attributes to the success of the album. Um, in regards to the Veronicas, I mean, it is good music. I, I, I was very impressed listening to it this week. I like the fact that they're really involved in the writing process. They're hometown heroes here, so I think that Aussies are going to support really legitimate artists and put them on a higher platform and honestly just my point of view they're beautiful women too like uh so i think that adds to 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 that as well uh yeah for all the reasons i mean the avril lavigne wave i think people were still riding it a little bit um so that's why both these albums came out a day apart so there were there was a hungry market for this kind of music and they had that sort of you know we're not we're not quite Britney Spears we're a little bit edgy we're a little bit darker we're a little bit emo uh even though that was probably not the case for either of the artists um so that helped their credibility Zoe it falls upon you now to choose a song from each album that you want people to listen to or that you think represents the album what would you like to choose from the Veronica's and what would you like to choose for the Ashley Simpson album everything I'm not for sure oh my gosh if you want to listen to this song you will put it back I put it back on my goddamn playlist again now if you want to like this album that's where you gotta go uh for Ashley Simpson I mean look uh In Another Life, actually, because I do remember Boyfriend, but I rediscovered In Another Life and I do like it and it is all right and it's before the album becomes very same-same. It's the second song, Zoe. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But I feel like I forgot about it and it from – Whereas you don't so much forget about Boyfriend and L-O-V-E and I honestly would not tell anyone to listen to any of the other songs on this album because they're not great. For me. Yeah, um, I'm going to choose Forever. I just really like the opening riff. I think the hook was done very well. It's super catchy, and I just think it's it's one of the best songs off the album, and it's a um, great idea that they open up the album with that song. And then off um, Ashley Simpson's I Am Me, which is a funny title. It's so philosophical, right? I Am Me. It's <laughs> one of the worst, laziest titles I've ever heard. Yeah, you are you. Thank you. Thank you for letting us know. Uh, I'll do Catch Me When I Fall. I mean, it, I think it's just indicative of the album because the two bangers, you're not going to find them on the rest of the album. Most of this album sounds like Catch Me When I Fall, kind of just is mundane, middle of the road, uh, music and um, this is her talking about her Saturday Night Live fiasco and probably her at her most personal on the album. For the Ashley Simpson album, I'm going to go with I Am Me because it is very indicative. <laughs> Again, it's just paint by the numbers. You can count the beats 
between when something's going to happen and when it actually happens. Like, oh, there's a big chorus coming. Okay. And now they're going to do like a little sing-along part. Okay. It's so paint by the numbers. That's what you're getting on the entire album. And for the Veronicas, I'm going to go with Leave Me Alone. I just, I just really like that song. Really nice chorus, you know? Really good, really good feels for your Saturday. <laughs> Zoe. Before we let you go, please tell us a little bit about what you're up to at the moment, where people can find you online, and any projects you might have going on. Sure. Uh, what am I up to at the moment? Well, um... Oh. <laughs> Boozy Brunch, that's booked. Yeah, Boozy that's Brunch nice. is booked, ready to go. Uh, you know, coronavirus got the uh, old work situation all over the place, Spend spending a day or here too um, with you, Judd, at SCN, uh, Chasing, Pacing and Racing. Uh, I'm a reporting on radio, TV, traffic reporting at the moment and freelance uh, branding and social media creating, which is um, where this travelling Z-World thing is going, uh, except the fact that I'm very lazy with it. So, I mean, if you would like to go and look at the page, by all means, and hit me up because I will not say no. But <laughs> um, <laughs> don't judge me from the page, okay? It's very lazy. <laughs> uh, and you can find that at, at Travelling Z-World on at Instagram, I see www.travellingzworld.com.au or at Travelling Z-World on Instagram. Oh, beautiful. Well, thanks so much, Zoe. <laughs> we will talk to everyone else next week. See you then. Bye. See ya. Bye. Later. Bye.